Who was the head of the church at Philippi? Jesus Christ. That's right. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Ron Hember. I'm Janice. And this is Bible Discovery TV. We are studying the Bible, studying Jesus Christ. And as we do so, we're going to do that in three minutes' time, looking at Philippians chapter 1. This is really good today to understand what God is saying to us. So stay there. Corey and Ryan are here. Corey? Today, I'm going to be taking a look at Timothy. Ryan? I'm also going to be looking at Timothy. So there's going to be a lot of information on Timothy. It's all about Timothy today. That's right. <laughs> a lot on Timothy. That is excellent. Okay, what are you doing? A lot on living for Christ. All right, so we got a lot going on. I tell you, it's a good day to read your Bible and a good day to get the Bible guide out and a good day to go to BibleDiscoveryTV.com as we continue to study this. If you're already there, hi, how you doing? Let's open up our Bibles to today's passage. Let's look at Philippians chapter one. We're going to read 11 verses here and hear what God says. Philippians 1, 1 through 11. Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi with the bishops and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine making request for you all with joy, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Just as it is right for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my chains and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you are all partakers with me of grace. For God is my witness, how greatly I long for you all with the affection of Jesus Christ. And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Philippians chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. You know, Philippians 1 and 2 is a great place to read the scripture because it's written to the church at Philippi. And the letter to the Philippians is a testimony about having a celebratory attitude of praise for the things God does when we are in crisis. In verse 13, Paul says that he is writing from his prison cell. And many scholars believe the prison is Rome. Despite his imprisonment, Paul the Apostle takes time to personally thank the church at Philippi. This letter from Paul to follow believers in Christ is a relevant book of encouragement and unity and what it means to truly follow Christ, no matter the trial or the tribulation. As Paul says, quote, For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ you should not 
only believe in him, but you should also suffer for his sake, engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had and now hear that I still have. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affliction and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Philippians chapter 1, 29, 30, and 2, 1, and 2. Very, very important to hear that. And this is something very interesting today. As we focus on Christ is preached, what in the world does that mean? Well, take your Bible guide and turn to Philippians. And if you don't have the Bible guide, get your Bible guide. Go to Bible Discovery TV and get it. Click on the Bible guide and it'll take you to the page where you can download it or write or call us. But right away, get your Bible guide because next year the Bible guides are coming quickly. And there's only one more day left in this month. And uh, then we're into December. So you're going to need to get a hold of the Bible guide because we're running out of time to send them in time. So make sure you do that. Father, I pray today, help us as we focus on this passage of scripture. We need to hear your Holy Spirit. It's hard for us today when everybody's talking, everybody else is hearing, everybody else is We need to focus on the person, the creator, God, you. We need to hear what you're saying. So Holy Spirit, we are listening to you. Help us today in the name of Jesus Christ. And we said together, amen. Now, with that in mind, let us focus on Philippians chapter one. Here's what Paul says. Chapter one, verses one through six. He says, Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Jesus Christ. To all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi with the bishops and the deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making request for you, for you all with joy, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. What is Paul saying? The head of the church in Philippi is Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus is still the head of the church today. In fact, I would say he is the head of all the church in the world today. There are those who believe that they have local pastors and their local pastor is the head of the church. They have bishops. They're the head of the churches and they have who knows what else. No, Jesus Christ is alive and well. And Jesus Christ and his Holy Spirit are the head of the church. End of statement, bottom line. The pastors are to teach us from the Bible, not from pop psychology or good ideas or from the Bible. And we learn from the Bible what Jesus Christ said through the Holy Spirit. Very important to remember that. Beloved, we need to keep that in mind. And that's what Paul said to the Philippians. 
Philippians chapter 1, verses 7 and 8 say, Just as it is right for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart inasmuch as both in my chains and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers with me of grace. For God is my witness, how greatly I long for you with all the affection of Jesus Christ. What is Paul saying? Paul looked forward to seeing the people in Philippi again. We are part of the church worldwide. I think this is fascinating. People in the church today tend to focus on their local church. But, but let, me, let me explain something. The biggest church in the world, the, the main populace of the church is not in the West. It's not in America. China, Nigeria, and India. They have the biggest population of Christians in the church. We need to keep that in our minds. We need to keep that focused. We need to understand that because when we are together as a local community, we need to remember to pray for the persecuted. Remember to pray for those who are in good and bad times. Remember the church worldwide. Very important. I can't stress how important that is because as we pray for the church worldwide, God hears us. We pray for the persecuted. God hears us. Very interesting. All right, let's read on because this is good. Philippians chapter one, verses nine says, and this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in the knowledge and all discernment that you may approve the things that are excellent that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. The fruits of the Holy Spirit are grown in God's people as they follow him. A good church has fruits of righteousness from Jesus Christ. Did you know? There is a difference between a gift and fruits. A gift is given to you. Fruits are grown in you. The fruits are the result of the Holy Spirit coming alive inside of you and growing in you. A lot of people are really interested in signs and wonders and this gift and that gifts, but those are interesting. Praise God for those gifts. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but what I'm saying is the fruit of the Spirit very important. Galatians 5, 22 to 25 tell us that. Now we need to understand that as we seek God, he grows those fruits in us. We can't grow those fruits ourselves, but the Holy Spirit develops in us things that are impossible for anybody else to do. And so we need to praise God for that and let him grow those fruits Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, and faith, meekness, and temperance against such there is no law the fruits of the Holy Spirit. They're great. Let's grow them. Hi, Rod Hembry. We go through the Bible in one year. It's exciting. It's great. And you can join us by searching Bible Discovery TV on your phone. That's right, on your phone, your iPhone or your Android phone. And when you do so, you'll find the app. You can download the app and watch it anytime you want. Never miss a program right here on Bible Discovery TV. We'll see you there.
All right, well, as we start the New Testament book of Philippians, we can see right away that it was originally a letter written. You know, we normally just give uh, attestation to Paul, but if you look closely at Philippians chapter one, verse one, we see that it wasn't just written and sent by Paul. It was also written and sent by Timothy as well. They were co-authors of this book. So in light of that, today we're gonna be taking a look at Timothy. An often unsung hero of early Christianity, Timothy is first mentioned in the Bible in Acts chapter 16. Then he, Paul, came to Derbe and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a certain Jewish woman who believed, but his father was Greek. Timothy is said to have traveled with Paul during his second and third missionary journeys. His name is found as the co-author and co-sender of no less than six of the books of the New Testament, co-authored with the Apostle Paul. Many scholars believe that Timothy also acted as one of Paul's amanuenses, his scribes. And in the book of Romans, Timothy sent a greeting through Paul to the church in Rome, insinuating that Timothy was with Paul when he wrote the letter. There are also three times in the New Testament books when it is recorded that Timothy acted as Paul's letter carrier, traveling to the recipients and staying to instruct them beyond the contents of the letter. In the New Testament books named after him, 1st and 2nd Timothy, we have messages from Paul to Timothy who was left in charge of the church at Ephesus. 1st Timothy gives instructions from Paul on how to deal with a certain heresy that had made its way into the Ephesian church. This heresy included false teaching from the Torah, asceticism that forbade marriage, and a false prideful kind of knowledge. And it's the reason that Paul gave strict instructions on choosing church leaders. The book of 2 Timothy is by far the most personal letter of Paul that we have. During its writing, Paul was a prisoner and believed himself to be close to death. Many place the writing of 2 Timothy during Emperor Nero's persecution of Christians in Rome from AD 64 to 68, during which the Apostle Paul is believed to have been executed. Paul's commendations and his personal trust in Timothy appear throughout his letter, and his appeal for Timothy to come to him quickly before he's martyred shows the importance of their friendship. After Paul's martyrdom, Timothy would continue on in his leadership of the early church, fulfilling his call and running his race well. All right, well, that's the, the first look at Timothy that you're going to get today, but apparently there's going to be another one. So I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> you know, it's interesting because when you look at, at Philippians, you, you get to see that Paul starts the letter. He says, to all the saints at Philippi. Yeah. Now, he calls everyone there a saint. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I know there's people today that they get all divided and twisted on this. And they they say, well, you're not a saint. You're not a saint. Nobody's a saint. But But let's understand what Paul was doing. Paul was explaining to them that they were growing in the Lord and that they had to understand what God was doing and that becomes very important. So that's good, very good. Okay, go to BibleDiscoveryTV.com, BibleDiscoveryTV.com for more information about that. Ryan. Yes, so today, of course, we're reading the first two chapters of Philippians. And as Corey already mentioned, right in the opening of the letter, we know exactly who it's from. Verse one says, Paul and Timothy, bond servants of Jesus Christ. Now, we were first introduced to Timothy back in Acts 16, and Timothy is one of the main people that we see in Paul's inner circle of people. But who exactly is he? Where did he come from and what became of him? Let's study. 
In Paul the Apostle's second and last recorded letter to Timothy before his execution in Rome, he writes, To Timothy, a beloved son. Though Timothy was not really his son, Paul clearly thought of him as such. Indeed, Paul also refers to Timothy as a fellow worker, brother, bond servant, beloved and faithful child in the Lord, and co-equal in the Lord's work. Timothy was the son of a Greek father and a Jewish mother, and was reared by his mother Eunice and grandmother Lois in a godly home, making him a third-generation Christian. The name Timothy is the English form of the Greek name Timotheus, which is the combination of two Greek words, Timaeo meaning to honor, and Theos meaning God. Thus Timothy means honoring God, or honored by God, or in God's honor. Paul probably met Timothy on his first missionary journey, which included a stop in Timothy's hometown of Lystra, in what is now Turkey. On Paul's second missionary journey, he would again stop in Lystra, this time to invite Timothy to join his ministerial team and become his fellow companion. Though Timothy by blood was only half Jewish, according to the matrilineal principle of descent, legally he was a Jew. Though he grew up learning and knowing the scriptures, the fact that he was uncircumcised implies that his upbringing was not characterized by a strict observance to the law. Thus, when Timothy accepted Paul's invitation to join him, Paul arranged to have him circumcised, so Jews would have no reason to criticize the half-Jew for refusing to honor God's covenant with Abraham. To his credit, Timothy was obedient and he became a vital member of Paul's inner circle. Indeed, he was one of Paul's main messengers and problem solvers. In fact, on one occasion, Paul sent Timothy to possibly the toughest church of them all, the Corinthian church in Greece, because here a church member was having sexual relations with his stepmother. For this reason, wrote Paul, I have sent Timothy to you, who is my beloved and faithful son in the Lord, who will remind you of my ways in Christ, as I teach everywhere in every church. Later, Timothy would become a pastor in Turkey at Ephesus, though Paul's letters to him seem to suggest that he may have become somewhat timid and reluctant to continue in that role. Therefore, though Paul is on the brink of execution, he encourages Timothy in the second letter to remain faithful and continue in all the things which he had been taught. Timothy also, at the request of Paul, apparently visited the apostle in Rome before his execution. Church leaders later wrote that Timothy eventually returned to Ephesus, where he became the first bishop of that church, and where he was martyred in AD 97 during another wave of Roman persecution. You know what I really love about Timothy is his obedience to God and the gospel. Though as a half-Jew he was physically uncircumcised, he was willing to become circumcised for the furtherance of the gospel. Timothy was obviously very capable as well. I mean, if he wasn't, Paul wouldn't have sent him around to different churches to solve different issues. And Paul also obviously loved him very, very much because he considered Timothy to be a son. So let's take Timothy's example to heart and also be obedient to the call of God and the furtherance of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's important to remember that Timothy was considered by Paul to be his son. Now, Paul, of course, wasn't married. Paul didn't, didn't have uh, offspring, but he, he found Timothy. Titus was another one, but he found Timothy and he invest in Timothy. In fact, the last letter, we're going to get to this because we're, we're going through Timothy's, but the last letter he ever wrote was 2 Timothy. And he writes it to Timothy. 
Now that now I, I everybody wants to meet Paul, but I also want to meet Timothy. There's a lot of people I want to meet. When we get to heaven. Well, that's good because we have forever. We we do, Ooh. in fact. But anyway, Timothy was an amazing person who was delivering letters that Paul wrote to Ephesus and to the rest of them. And he was an amazing man. You know, and and it's like a lot of people who were focused on this, they looked at Luke. And he was a, a guy who went around with Paul and the whole business. Very, very interesting. But Timothy, I really want to give him credit because it's important to recognize that he, he was committed to God so much so that he was willing to be circumcised. Mm -hmm. And that is a big deal. Yeah, it is. It really is. Very good. Excellent. Because it didn't change anything in no. Timothy, no. Yeah. but it opened up doors for him to be able to Minister. share the gospel. That's right. Yes, yeah. because it's it's not the act of circumcision or anything that we do in the flesh Absolutely. that brings salvation or brings us anything closer to God. Yeah. Right? It's all in the covered work and finished work of Christ on the cross, yeah. crucified. Now, I love this beginning of, of Philippians because it's Paul is writing, Paul and Timothy are writing to the family of God. And he opens up grace to you and peace from God, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And then right away, he talks about, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you always in every prayer of mine, making a request for you all with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he, meaning God, who has begun a good work in you, will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. And he goes on and he's talking about prayer. He's talking about being thankful to God. And I just, living for Christ was the reason why I chose that to, to, to title my segment today, because this really is the life of a believer, um, a Christian. Christian meaning being Christ-like, one who follows Christ. And that's why we teach the word here. We, we want to be able to get God's word in our hearts so deeply so that when we are confronted with things, with each other, whether it's in the family of God or whether it's in the world where different opinions are trying to get their way in, that we can know what we know what we know that's in our hearts and in our minds so that we can be focused on that sure foundation of Jesus Christ our Lord. Prayer, I've written a note to myself, underlined it. Prayer should be like breathing to us. Conversations with the Lord Jesus. Sometimes, Rod, I think that maybe God gets tired of me because I, I feel like sometimes I'm like a little girl. I'm just chattering to him all the time. Things that are concerning to me or, or things that I'm just so thankful for. And, and I, I'll see something outside and I'll, I'll be thanking God. And then in the next minute, somebody will come into my heart, into my mind. And so then I've been praying for, for them. Maybe it's even you. I'll look through the letters and, God will just lay people on, on my heart, and I know that he does the same with you. What an amazing thing that it is for us to be the children of God and to be able to, to, to communicate with him all the time. We don't have to set an appointment. We don't have to pick up our cell phone and then hear a busy signal or, or, and is in these days, you, you can just text or leave a message. God is available 24 seven. It doesn't matter where we are. He is available to us. And you know, when, when I thought about this prayer should be like breathing to us, I was watching, and this is going to sound like a strange story to put in, but it really broke my heart. I was watching, uh, Canadian news the other day, and there was some big breakdown that we had in our, um, in our 
travel service and it had something to do with the internet. There was a bad connection. Anyway, people couldn't commute. Everything was shut down and people were trying to get in and out of the city and they couldn't. And they did an interview with a few of the people at one of the stations down in Toronto. And, um, and they stopped and they were talking to this man and he said, you know what? I just came. I just flew in. And he said, I'm just trying to get to my house. And, and he said, uh, this is my home country. And I've been flying all over the world. I've had no problem getting into the airplanes and everything else. And he said, but I get here and I can't even, I can't even get, take the bus or the subway or whatever it was. I can't even get home. And I'm this close to home. What do you do? What do you do? And he was so frustrated. And I don't know if the person doing the reporting, they never showed who it was, said, well, something about prayer, or whether somebody around there said something about, well, you could pray or whatever. But all of a sudden, in the middle of this interview, and he goes, well, I could pray. And then he stopped and he said, but I don't pray. And then he went on with his frustration. And I thought, isn't that an odd thing to just stop and say, well, I could pray. And then he stopped himself. And he said, but I don't pray. And it just really broke my heart because this is something that is, is extended to us through God, through the creator of the universe. And it broke my heart because I thought this is not a religion that we're talking about. This word of God is not rules and regulations. It's a relationship with the living God that is offered to you and to me. And we can live in a world that, yes, things get shut down. And yes, things can be inconvenient. But you know what? We have a God who cares. We have a God that we can lift up our needs to, whether they be this infinitesimal, or whether they're huge and impossible. God is a God of the impossible. God cares about the smallest to the biggest details in our life. Pray and talk to Him and listen too. Make sure that you are on the list to receive the Bible Guide because the Bible Guide is important. And if you're on the list, you'll get it for next year. And I'm very excited about next year. Uh, we, we were writing it and it is all new material. And let me tell you something, this year was fascinating. 2024 is gonna be even more interesting with the stuff going on, but the Bible Guide helps us to hear God. Let's pray. Lord, help me to hear you and be filled with praise for you in Jesus' name.